0: Everybody and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello, Pete Wright.
0: Do you have your jingling bells, Nikki Kinzer? Oh, I
1: should have brought them in because I really do have some. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. No, it's important. This is our last, a uh, real official show of the year. We're going to take a little time off over the holidays, uh, and so uh, that's uh, fantastic. Us. It is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's nice to get a little break in the year. It's a good uh, break and come back in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, but today we we are doing a little bit of reflection, talking about yeah. some of the things that were important to us this year, things that we've been thinking about, and taking on a few questions from the listeners. Now, I just have to say, as a preamble, Nikki. Yes, we got so many questions. We got so many questions, and most of them, it felt like they were reading our schedule for, for 2020. 2020,
1: I know right?
0: Like they were cheating and asking questions about what we're already going to talk about.
1: It was a little strange. Cheaters.
0: cheaters. Right,
1: right. So what are we going to talk about in January of 2020?
0: Well, we're going to talk about uh, workplace yes. stuff. We're going to talk about ADHD in the workplace. I think that's going to be great. And we've uh, so we've got some uh, still a little bit of planning to do. But your questions that we were that were purportedly supposed to be for us today. We're not going to talk about those. And it makes it like, I like was looking at the questions, I was like, oh, wow, I think we took away like three fourths of the questions. Right. They're going to be shoved into next year. I think we
1: did. Oh, well, how because the whole show yeah. today would have been all about workplace and it would probably yeah, would have right. been about three to four hours you know, of a show. That's right. So it's definitely better for everyone that we break that up into actual shows next year. So stay tuned. That is
0: exactly right. Yes. And so it looks like our first show back next year is going to be, um, what is that, the 7th?
1: well it will be january 7
0: this tuesday we will record that live stream on the i guess we'll do it on new year's eve no that'll be the third no we're not we're not gonna do that <laughs> no no. Sorry, so no, we are
1: actually not gonna be back live until january 14th because oh, okay. you and so we'll i record on the six we'll record on the sixth. yes and then mm-hmm. uh you will make that go live to our uh patreon people that week so yes. they'll get it that week, and then um, the public will get it on the fourteenth. So we're about we're three weeks off. We're three weeks off yep. of the show. Yeah,
0: excellent. So there you go. Uh, but you know what? Maybe I'll throw some uh, a best of episode in the feed again. You know, yeah, that's or two a of great those. idea. Some of our favorites from this year will will drop in the feed uh, and talk about that stuff. So uh, gearing up for twenty twenty. Until then or before then, I should say, head over to takecontroladhd.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and you'll get an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And I'm not going to belabor it right now because it's one of my deep reflections, but check out the group the adhd community at patreon.com patreon.com slash the adhd podcast if you've thought hey you know what would be a great thing for me to do the things i'm thankful for one of them is the adhd podcast you can uh you can actually demonstrate that you could take action to demonstrate the thing that you are thankful for at patreon.com slash the adhd podcast so thanks in advance more on that in a minute okay let's talk about group coaching yes this is our last shot it's
1: my last shot and i'm going to be really cheesy about it oh good do you want a clear vision for 2020 <laughs> 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 right uh, how awesome is that uh, yeah
0: no wrap that right yes in.
1: clear vision for 2020 so anyway if you do because you know who doesn't want clear vision even with glasses no glasses whatever Consider mm-hmm. signing up for one of my coaching groups. So this is the deal. I've got two different coaching groups that I'm going to be offering uh, in January. We're going to be meeting for 10 weeks. There's going to be check-ins uh, in between sessions and then one private individual coaching session with me that you can uh, basically do at any time, either during the coaching, group coaching or afterwards. Each member will pick a focus for the week and update the group with their progress. So there's some accountability uh In the groups. Plus, we have great group discussions on a variety of different ADHD topics. So, the deadline to enroll for winter group coaching is January 3rd. And coaching will begin, I said the week of January 23rd, but I don't think that's correct. It's going to be, it's going to actually start the week of January 13th.
0: The same week we come back from the podcast. Yes, yes.
1: So the the groups will start on the week of the 13th. The deadline is the third. There you go. And you can visit the website or show notes for more information about how the group is set up. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always email me.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about reflections. What are the things you're very excited about from this year?
1: Oh, there's been so many things. I think as you were saying before, or at least what I think you were leading to is the Patreon group has been fantastic. Uh, It has been um, very inspirational and uh, has just been a really great added piece to this show and to our lives and to the people that we are uh, communicating um, with. And so I love to see it grow. I love to see the support. Um so to me that's been one of the biggest uh highlights of the year for sure the new merchandise wow
0: well that's super fun that's
1: fun who would have thought that we would have merchandise well you've always thought that
0: <laughs> i've wanted it for you've a long time you've always wanted it yeah
1: um yeah. and so i think that's pretty cool that we're able to to Uh, provide that. And we've had some great guests this year. I'm really honored to have some of these experts that have come on, have graciously uh, taken their time to be with us and to uh, speak to our listeners. And I'm just always in awe that, uh, you know, Dr. Hollowell came on our show wow. I mean, that is just, yeah. you know, really cool. And all of the other guests, everything that they have to offer and their niches and their expertise, um, it's just been great. And so very, very thankful for that. And, you know, as a coach, as a coach, I'm grateful to the podcast too, because we get to put our message out there. And that's a lot of how I'm able to be a coach because then people are listening and, and they want to have that one-on-one, um, coaching and, and they talk to me and they feel like they already know me and know you. And, um, so that's been great too. It's all tied into the podcast, which is uh, a big, big, uh, part of what I do, what you do. And it's just been a great year i love it
0: (laughs) it has been a great year i you know to the patreon thing i it's it's a little bit stunning to me that our our growth in patrons has just about doubled over the last year which is i mean it's just really cool that we're we're almost to the point where um you know we've got uh, all of our invested time Compensated. Like it feels like we're not, you know, and that's a, that's kind of a big deal, right? For, for podcasting, because podcasting is not like, it's not like you go to a movie. It's not like you pay a sa- cable subscription. It's this, this whole listener supported thing. I'm still like wrapping my head around it. You know, I, I pay my national public radio. Like I, I'm a, a member of our little community there, but I've never really stopped to think about it until I was a recipient of it. Mm-hmm. Like what that means. Like these are people that I support who are out there doing their jobs and reporting on the news and I support them with a little bit because I want to contribute to them feeding their family. And now we're to the point where we're we're asking for the same and the the sense of gratitude and warmth that just wells up inside me when I think about that when I look at the list of of members here that have um you know that have chosen to contribute their time and spoils to to us to feed our families is just enormous like it is it is unbelievable to me these people that are doing that and they they're doing it like i know we have some perks but generally nobody has come to us and said oh i'm i i'm i want more perks like right. i'm paying for more than what you already do like these are people who are coming just because they've already said like they want to support You're doing a good thing keep keep yeah. doing it yeah and Wonderful. that's that's incredible yeah. like that's it's like, I've had to practice saying this because I like, you know, ch- choke up on it I like know. it's it's hard to um, it's hard to do. And I want to continue to deliver in 2020. And I'm just very, uh, very excited to to have a platform and a, a foundation that allows us to make decisions about, you know, Doing more stuff and maybe taking more risks and inviting more, you know, people and great people and um, that because of this community, these people will listen. And that's incredible to me. It's just incredible. Um, The other thing I I have to shout out to is a specific topic, and that is rejection, rejection, sensitivity, RSD. I to, to If there is any one topic that we've talked about on this show that has changed, like straight up changed my life, it's that. Mm-hmm. Like putting words to this thing that I never had words to describe mm-hmm. has changed the way I talk about my ADHD to people who don't know any better.
1: Absolutely. It's changed
0: the way I talk about my emotional relationship with the world around me. And it's. Well, I
1: think you're speaking for a lot of people because we have in our Patreon discord, there's been a lot of conversation around RSD and a lot of people, you know, having the same feelings that you're having and just being able to talk about it. And, uh, you know, again, having Dr. William Dotson on the show was a great honor and um, it was really fascinating. That was probably one of the most interesting shows that we did, you know, because I just found the information so interesting and, and, uh, what he had to say about it. And, uh, yeah, I think it touched a lot of people and it's a conversation that really, it just keeps continuing. Um, one of our, our questions, right. Was about RSD. So I, I think we will probably talk about that a little bit. Right. Or are we talking about that right yeah. now? Is that what no, we're, we're doing? We're, well,
0: we're going to talk about that in a bit, but I have okay. one more thing. I <laughs> <All before.
1: laughs> Sorry. I was like, no, are, are right. we skipping no, to you... that part? What are we doing? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, I got I got one more, which is uh, um, we uh, we talked about uh, sexy time. Oh, we yeah. talked about Dr. sex R- and ADHD R- on R- the show.
1: Dickman. Yes,
0: that is, uh, you know, if if we in our little ADHD corner of the Internet, uh, can encourage more people of goodwill to have more <laughs> good sex, then I will consider our job well done. Hey, like, we're there that, for the
1: people. <laughs>
0: if that could be on my, if that's like line number one on my headstone, Pete Wright, he helped us have better sex through our ADHD. <laughs> I'm done. you whatever's next, I'll take it. Like right. that is Awesome, and so, and he uh, will be back on back. the show. Yeah, I don't yep.
1: know if that's specifically what he'll be talking about, but I know he will be coming back. He is, um he's a funny guy.
0: Oh, he's yeah, a very funny. Guy. I talked to
1: yeah. him at the conference, yep. and uh, I really enjoy his company. So we'll definitely have yes. him come back.
0: That's right, that's right. So that's it. Now we've already talked about the, the our, our challenges with questions about the workplace. So yes. if you came here, if you're watching the live stream, and you're like, "Oh, I really wish you would talk about my workplace," hang on, we're going to come back to that next year.
1: Next next year. year when you want better vision for twenty twenty.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: I that just cracks <laughs> me up every time I say it.
0: <laughs> it's the simple things. It's the
1: simple it's just, things. Oh, uh,
0: doesn't take much. Nope. Uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, we've got some questions to talk about. Would you Would you like to do the first one? Would you like me to do? Well, this? I what do you want to you
1: do? to. You have to do the questions because okay. you're Casey Kasem right. out of
0: the two of us. I uh, so we've uh, OK, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it because I, I think judging by our comments, I think the pieces that stuck out to you were different than the pieces that stuck out to me. And I think well, that's, that's fascinating.
1: not surprising.
0: So, <laughs> 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 right. OK, so here you go. Uh, I'd like to hear how to handle criticisms of one's ADHD symptoms. For example, I'm still smarting over rebuke from my rabbi about my procrastination. I just sat there and took it because that's been my M.O., but in the months since, it has continued to bother me because there's a man so thoughtful and sensitive toward congregants with physical disabilities. I've spent a lifetime apologizing for my ADHD symptoms, even before they had a name, despite doing my very best to manage them, and I wish people would meet me halfway with a little understanding. Such a good question. Okay.
1: Well, it is. And it's a great statement at the end, too, that she wishes people would just meet her halfway um, with a little yeah. understanding. So the way that I uh, I took this is, I mean, first of all, I just am sorry. I'm sorry that she had to experience this situation because it's really hard when you set somebody up to really a different standard. Right. You expect that that person's going to be really thoughtful and you know, really compassionate. And then when they're not that way, it's very, very disappointing. And, um, the RSD, the rejection, um, sensitivity is where I kind of went on this a little bit is that you're, you're going to feel that you're going to feel almost that rejection from the rabbi. And, uh, so my first thought was just, I'm really sorry that she had to deal with this. Um, second thought was to say again to just remind her that she's not broken um and that she's doing the best that she can with her ADHD symptoms um and i think that with the the rabbi it's a little bit different situation but if you have other people too that you're feeling this type of uh rejection from or this kind of uh situation where you feel like you have to apologize all the time my recommendation is you know look at who you are surrounding yourself with you know who are the people around you and try to maybe spend as less time with those people that aren't meeting you halfway if you can because it's not worth your time and energy we know that we can't change people's minds we can't necessarily uh, make somebody be a more empathetic person and so i would say you know really think about how who you're paying your attention to and stay connected to the people that that do understand you and really care about you. Something that I didn't say, and I don't know if you're going to say this or not, but I also think it's fine to stand up for yourself. And I know that that's really hard when you're in that kind of situation. Um, but, you know, there's something to say too about about standing up for yourself, maybe not necessarily having to apologize, we know that there's different ways to say things um where it, where it's not you always saying you're sorry, but I really just it, it makes me sad just to to hear that she just took it and uh there's something yeah. about that 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 really bothers me
0: that that's exactly where my head was going to nikki it's uh, like that that line is the one that stuck with me it's it, he's usually so sensitive toward other congregants who who have a, a you know in a, my words a more demonstrable like um disability right yeah. the, And and uh and and challenge but just taking it because that's your M.O., that's a practiced state, right? right. It's a learned state, I, I should say, an unintentionally practiced state of just taking it. And that's something really hard. If there's anything I feel like we've heard out of this RSD conversation, it's that, like, we internalize our rejection without thought. Mm-hmm. And that's what is, uh, is you know, gives us that that state of, uh, of, of turmoil, right? Which is that, um, you know, We don't take any action to respond and to educate on our experience. We just... We've learned to take it. Mm-hmm. We've learned to to just kind of accept it and move on, and, and we get to own all of the feelings right. about it. But I, I would just say to to the questioner, you know, when's the last time you like wrote out a few lines to help frame this conversation yourself? Like now that you have some words to put to it, you know, this is RSD. This is my experience with ADHD. Um, doing that gives you a chance to control a dialogue about. Uh, your ADHD with somebody who clearly needs to have that conversation and clearly needs to have a, a eye-opening conversation about your worldview. And, and I think to have that in your words, like just in your back pocket for for those moments when you need to pull it out and not in a, you know, antagonistic way, but just in in a way to describe like this is This is what I live with every day. And it's just as much of a challenge because of the fireworks up here Mm -hmm. Um, for me to to sit still, for me to have a conversation in a in a class, for me to whatever. Right. Um, That's that's the one that that I agree. Stuck with me because it's I I mean, I I really believe this is a worldview education issue in this particular. (laughs) Yes, I do, too.
1: Very good. Okay.
0: Tough one. I know. Right, it let's is. do an easy one. Uh, an e- this one, and I'm going to say I say that I shouldn't say it's an easy <laughs> one because we've I've struggled a long time with this one. My question is about the meal planning show. So the show focused on meal planning for dinner and a family. Where I'm interested in knowing how to to meal plan for one person and for breakfast and dinner. Also, I get overwhelmed from all my choices because I have so many posts for from Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. Plus, I have a ton of cookbooks that I want to use. Okay
1: not easy. It's not it's easy. It's not. And I completely relate no. to this question because I have uh I don't I don't save the recipes on Facebook or Instagram, but I certainly do on Pinterest. And I have a ton of cookbooks that I would love to go through and use. So yeah. I understand yeah. how overwhelming it could be. Now, as far as how would you meal plan for one person? Honestly, I would say use the exact same concepts for one person as you would the family. So you can go mm-hmm. back and listen to that show. There isn't anything different except for how much you make, right? So you're cooking for one. Um, however, I would say cook for two so that you have some leftovers because we want to make things easy. So if you can cook for two and you've got two meals right there, then you've already made the, the job a lot easier.
0: Well, that's right. And the questioner says, I'm, I'm interested in breakfast and dinner. And so That's, is that because your leftovers, satisfied lunch, awesome. Right. Well planned. Yes. Uh yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great. Um, for for me, yeah. I mean, I I calendar that. I think I guess the only other difference that I would add to to that maybe is that you're you don't necessarily need to put them on a public whiteboard in your kitchen, right? Maybe you just and and what I would do is put them in my my main calendar or my in in my case, a family calendar. Once we plan the meals, we put them in the calendar, and if there's a link to a recipe offsite, we'll do it. But generally, I have a a notebook in Evernote. It's called the recipe book. And when I come up with a recipe that I want, I want to get it out of Pinterest or Facebook or all recipes or, or even a cookbook. I'll take a picture of it and get it out of that source and put it in my recipe book, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to know that those links are there and they'll live forever and I can get to them whenever I want. I can link to them from my calendar. I can do all sorts of things. But when I look at my calendar, I have then reduced distraction. That is the worst thing for me is when I'm like, oh, what was that recipe? For the uh, I don't yeah. know autoimmune protocol Stromboli and that I like so that? much. Where did I think find that, that? Was on yeah, yeah. And then I find it on Pinterest maybe. But then I find ten thousand other recipes mm-hmm. that have, are now totally distracting me. If I had that process, if I had a landing place for those recipes where I could take a screenshot of it or a picture of it in a cookbook and I could send it there to the trusted system, I remove the uh the distraction from all of the other signal uh all the other noise i should say so i remove the sig- that all that noise and i just dis- extract the signal and i now have it in a place where i can use it
1: absolutely uh, and
0: and that has been a real lifesaver so the great idea um, yeah i would i would stop collecting things in all of all of the different little buckets mm-hmm. and start start with a bigger bucket that's just yours
1: mm-hmm. well and one of the things that i think helps the decision making is is having those favorite meals somewhere listed out too, so that you're not part of meal planning. I think part of the the reason it's hard, at least for me, is that I don't remember everything that we like. I don't remember all of the options. And so When you're not hungry or you're not really craving anything, it's hard to even know where to start. So if you have that list of what your favorite meals are for breakfast, lunch and dinner, you have these proven recipes and maybe that list is an Evernote or however you want to to, uh, organize it. But I think that that helps the decision making because then you can just quickly look at that. And, uh, and see what um, you're just, you're distracting me right now. What do you have here? I did.
0: Do you see what I did yeah. there? I'm sharing my recipe book with you. You can oh. see it in the live stream right now. Oh, okay. This is my recipe book. And this is my paleo autoimmune protocol, Stromboli. Oh, so you were What lying. I love so much about that this, really I'm true. not lying. No, okay. it's, it's, <laughs> it's legit and so good. Uh, but you can see what I like so much about having my bucket and having it organized by date of a recency so I can see what, what am I interested in this week, right? I can see that slow cooker buffalo chicken sliders on sweet potato buns uh, is amazing. And I literally mean a sweet potato. It's incredible. Hmm. Uh, I can actually see these things and they're right up top. So I can schedule them, uh, you know, and link back to these individual notes and know that these are the things that I'm most interested in right now. And so it's a great way to to do that, and I just love being able to clip straight to this thing that I own right it's It's mine, it's not Pinterest. If I'm going to distract myself with other recipes, it's other recipes generally that I know and have and have either tried or have demonstrated that I want to try, and that's huge.
1: Very cool. So look at you all right. Uh,
0: 528 recipes in there. Wow. It can be a little distracting. Wow, That's uh, all right.
1: Well, one thing I do want to say is if you do want to do a new recipe, zero in on one recipe and then take it, put it in Evernote, do whatever you want to do with it, but then don't look yeah. at anything else, right? We just That's want to it. focus on the one that you want. And and if it works, then you can add it to your favorites. So we want to just keep simplifying.
0: So this this note sometimes... I share right, this whole recipe book with my wife in Evernote. And sometimes I'll get so distracted that she will open up her version of Evernote on her phone and she will text me just the recipe out of the recipe book that we already have. So I'm not saying it's completely like distraction free. Sometimes I, you know, I, I actually count on my accountability buddy to, to just say, just look at your text. Don't look at any other apps, just just your text. And that's what you need to know. Sometimes I need it, but But it's yeah, I mean, that's that's how we do it.
1: So this listener that asked the question actually has a recommendation, too. She said that she started using the meal service called Freshly. She gets six pre-made meals a week, which I just Mm -hmm. microwave to eat. And I use these for lunch so I don't have to worry about lunches. So that's why she doesn't have the lunch on there. Um, The meals are really good and it really helped me not feel so overwhelmed by the whole meal planning. So those meal services, I know that there's lots of them. Um, That can also be a great uh, solution for people
0: look at these lovely meals
1: i know it's great
0: chicken mm-hmm. Uh freshly is a it looks like a lovely service they've got some incredible um uh, meals just this week look at this and i'm not even getting an affiliate program i've never even heard of freshly i haven't either so uh, this is a great uh, cauliflower shell bolognese oh that sounds good yes. a that cauliflower that's a that's a utility veg yes, right there you is. can do anything with cauliflower that's right uh, there's some lovely stuff on here. So here's an interesting, uh, interesting thing: six meals a week, ten bucks a meal. That's about right. Great. Yep, nice and affordable. All right. So lots of next stuff question. out there. Question. Yep.
1: Okay. So next question, Pete. Uh, Go right. ahead, Casey. All right.
0: I'm curious. I'm curious about job hunting strategies that are friendly for the ADD brain, keeping motivation high, dealing with rejection, how to keep momentum and stick to routines when there is no schedule, etc. There's a lot buried in that. Well, this could
1: definitely be something that we will probably continue the conversation next year yeah. because this is a this is a big topic. Um yep. and I actually have a couple uh, a couple of clients now who are in the job hunting uh arena. And so it it is uh it it's hard to find things that are friendly for the ADHD brain. That's for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, as much as you can have a, have a plan in place. And what I mean by that is how, how much time do you want to focus on job hunting? Uh, if you are not currently working, you know, then is this something that you can plan uh, to do a little bit during the day? Um, schedule it kind of like a job, have some kind of structure that, you know, from 10 to two, you're going to be looking at your resume. You're going to be looking at job opportunities. It's, it's that structure that will make make it a little bit more of a routine that will help you stay, it will help you move forward or keep moving forward. The problem mm-hmm. that I see with the even my current clients is that, you know, they know that they need to do things, but the motivation's not there. And it's really hard to find that motivation When you're feeling all of these things, right? And uh, depending on how you're leaving your last job. And I mean, there's just a lot going on. So as much structure and accountability and help and support that you can get, I think, can really help breaking the job hunting process down into steps. It can feel very overwhelming. So really just look at what's the first thing you need to do. Maybe that's just review your resume. Um, After you review and update your resume, do you want somebody else to look at it? I highly recommend that you do. You don't necessarily need to pay for somebody to look at it, but do have a friend or somebody uh, edit it and look at it. Uh, do you, or if you're going to be filling out applications, maybe get all of the information in one document that, you know, an application would be asking for. So it's very easy for you to cut and paste and refer back to when applying. So making that a simpler situation where you're not having to rethink, you know, over and over again, um, what you did in this job or whatever. If you can set goals for yourself to kind of quantify the process, I've done this before with other clients where they'll say, well, I'm, I'd like to have at least three applications by the end of the day, or I'd like to have my resume done by the end of the week. That gives you a goal. It gives you something to focus on where you don't have to focus on everything else. Uh, and so that can be really helpful. When you're at the point where you're ready to do interviews, I highly recommend that you practice and prepare. Um, for those interviews, have somebody that you work with or not work with, but somebody you trust and, and do a mock interview and research that company and have your questions prepared because you're going to be interviewing them just as much as you're as they're interviewing you. So you want to make sure it's the right, you know, the right fit for you. If you're having a hard time getting started, work in sprints. We know that that can be really uh, effective where you're only doing maybe 15 or 30 minutes at a time. And uh dealing with the rejection, oh man, we go back to the RSD, right? It is just a hard and complicated and sticky situation. Um, I would encourage you to look at where you can possibly grow and learn from your past interviews. You know, think about how you worded things. Um, is there a different way to maybe do it? But I gotta tell you, Pete, when it comes to jobs and things that like, I just believe that the universe has our back. And I think that if you didn't get that job, then it probably wasn't the right job for you. For whatever reason, it wasn't the right one. So you keep trying and you keep looking for that right one. And uh, and it may take some time, right? Because we know with RSD, it, it depending it, what's going on, it can take a lot of time. But being patient with yourself and knowing that that's what's happening, because again, what we said is it's giving you words to what you're feeling. And uh, that's what I would say
0: It's a really hard one. and i I feel like um, the the rejection part, there there is something to practicing being rejected. Right. Well, because we all will at, be. I
1: mean, I, I mean, we, we all, all will are. be. That's yeah. Just,
0: yeah. You're not there. The, the first job you go for, in all likelihood, you're not going to get Right. And it's not going to be a reflection of who you are. No. It's going to be a, a reflection of just somebody who has a better fit for that one role mm-hmm. or that one company. And it takes a long time to internalize the experience of of being rejected and not applying that rejection to your skin not tattooing it on your identity because that it's not a part of your identity it's just a representation of 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 that um uh of of fit Mm -hmm. it's just it just is what it is i think the more you practice uh you know shooting for Uh, opportunities that you can be rejected from. This is going to sound very strange, right? Uh, Apply for jobs that you probably would say no to, Mm -hmm. that you don't Mm -hmm. think they're a good fit, just so you can practice the act of being rejected and the act of maybe even getting lucky and taking uh, getting an interview and then saying, you know what, it's not a good fit. Uh, There's nothing that's more confidence building than you saying you rejecting them after exploration. But that's what it is, right? It's this give and take. Um, The the thing that came to me when uh, I first read this question actually took me back a few years, Nikki, to you know, to to sorting, the sorting process, uh-huh. right, And the organizing process, the steps in the organizing process. The thing that overwhelms me the most, and that I'm having flashbacks of that because we're going through the college application process right now, is keeping applications and status updated over time, right? And I feel like approaching the system to keep yourself organized can help you maintain confidence and momentum. The the worst thing that I I think happens for me is when I start a process and just have a stack of stuff. And it's, I don't, I like will fill out an application or I'll go to an online form. They're the the worst, right? You're applying for a, a job and you get an online form and you fill it out and you hit submit and you don't remember what you put in there. Uh, those. Uh, and you don't have any record that you did it, or maybe you took a screenshot of a submission page, but you don't remember the answers to questions, like those things will trip you up and they are cumulative, right? Mm -hmm. They'll trip you up worse the second time than the first. And it just adds over and over until you have a mountain of things that you don't remember you've already done. So putting some attention to, you know, how you're going to track your stuff great idea. This is this is the thing that I think merits a a longer show, um, which is actually, you know, setting up your life for the job hunt process. Mm -hmm. Right. How how do you do that, Uh, especially when, um, you know, the job hunt process changes every year? There's some new innovation from HR that that defines how we integrate with companies. So um, I, I think putting some thought into that, too. So practice getting rejected. So that it doesn't hurt so much, and think about systems. Those are the those Great. are the things I would. Oh, well, I got one more. Uh, record yourself on video, even right. on your phone, so you see what you look like when you are uh, talking. Yes,
1: absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah. And you can do that when you're doing the mock interview too. Is definitely record it or videotape yourself and and it would be really interesting too. I think with the, with the video to see like how you're sitting, how you're standing, what you're doing with your arms, what you're doing with your legs. Like yep. all those things that you could actually observe would be really interesting.
0: Uh, Next question, I'd be interested in a follow-up show on the topic of rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. Well, we've just been talking about that. Mm -hmm. Guidance we can do other than medication to manage the inevitable emotional turmoil that comes from rejection. Even when I know rationally it's no big deal, it'll pass, and it's just my sensitivity kicking in. My nervous system doesn't want to cooperate, and it takes a while to regain normalcy. When I'm in it, I'm distracted, sensitive, and more scattered. It may take hours, a day, sometimes more, to pass, depending on how big the slight or my perceived slight. Big productivity killer, the typical let-it-go advice, does not work.
1: This is a...
0: Scratch that off the list.
1: Absolutely. And this is a, this is a beautiful (laughs) definition of what this means, right? I mean, this, she, she or he is defining what RSD means. And, oh man, again, I wish that you and I could give out some really clear strategies and say, this is what you need to do. And this is how it's going to make it go away. But the reality is there's just, no way we can do that and i wish i could do a follow up show on rsd and i and i hope that we can but but really i mean i feel like it is so complicated and it's so much a part of adhd and it's so it it it's it, it boggles my mind like i i mean yeah. you know i'll just be honest it's like it, bo- it boggles my mind and i just i wish i could give relief and uh you know i think that the awareness part is really good because now we do have words to say how we're feeling and we understand what's going on um i would always encourage people to when you're feeling the rsd really strongly all the time you know i i really encourage you to go talk to a therapist and get that Mm -hmm. counseling to help sort out your feelings, look for those triggers and ways to cope. Um Pete and I, you know, and I'm gonna speak for you a little bit, Pete, but you can <laughs> correct me if you'd like. I wish I knew more about how to how to deal with this. I really do. Yeah. And um it's just, it's just as new to me too, because when he said those things and he was explaining it, I didn't have a, I didn't have words to it. Until Doctor Dalton did, yeah,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I think that's that's really true. And so, in in many respects, like just talking about it is kind of new, to, right. to, to Certainly to me, like it's just, uh, it's just new to uh, to to the language. Still practicing the language, I would say, letting it go is not what you want to do. I don't want to let it go. I want to understand it. I want right. to understand what is it that's doing this. I have a gross uh, uh, analogy that. I think about. I, have you ever had the uh, athlete's foot? You ever get the athlete's foot?
1: I never have, but I was always worried about it in college. So I'd wear flip flops in the in the dorm showers.
0: <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. I just I just got over it,
1: okay. and it took
0: weeks and weeks and weeks. And I thought at one point, you know what? Just take the toes. I don't need them. <laughs> just take them. It's awful. It's like it. It is something that I didn't invite upon myself. I didn't use risky locker room right? behavior. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just something that happened from somewhere, from that someone, just, yeah. and it started eating my skin. Oh, I'm so and sorry. And that, to me, it's, it's RSD. Yeah. RSD is the athlete's foot of our emotional regulatory system. And it's terrible. And you can't control it. All you can do is clean it and don't pick at it because that does make it worse. And eventually it passes. But until you've gone through it, you don't know that it passes. Right. Once you have words to describe the experience, you recognize this is, it, it will eventually pass. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you understand your, your, uh, you know, what it takes for you to treat it better mm-hmm. the second time mm-hmm. than the first mm-hmm. and the third time than the second. And eventually you get to the point where it's there and you know it hurts yeah. and you can look at it and you can stare at it and hopefully distance yourself from the intimate experience and the uncertainty of it. And that I think is the important part for me. When I'm in an, in an RSD kind of react, uh, reactive situation, I, I have to find a way to give myself that out of body experience mm-hmm. that says okay i'm going to step out of my emotional system and i'm going to watch because i know that when i do that i know that guy over there he's going to he's going to move through this but i have to be able to move on with my day mm-hmm. and um and and so i i don't have an answer. And I'm sure we will have more people this uh, coming year talking about this mm-hmm. and, and have more guests as we learn to explore this, too. Absolutely. But man, that athlete's foot analogy. Yeah, that's, that's a good a one. Lock, Right. <laughs> Gross, but
1: not going to forget it. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> I live to serve. That's right. OK, Last a question. show about a show about fidgeting, how it helps with focus, how to integrate fidgets to your life Let's talk about fidgeting and the different types of fidgets that are out there now. Uh, and this is a very good question. And I, I don't think as adults we talk about fidgets enough.
1: Probably we don't, and maybe we will have a show on it. But I definitely wanted to to talk about it a little bit today because it it we mm-hmm. don't talk about it enough with with adults. Nope. And uh, so I want to talk first of all a little bit about what happens when you're working with the or when you're playing with a fidget toy and, and why it does help. So what happens is research shows that physical activity, so when you do something, it increases the level of neurotransmitters, specifically the dopamine, right? In the brain. And that is what controls focus and attention. So if you're fidgeting with something in your hand or even just tapping your foot, it can help block. I'm not saying it does completely but it can help block out distractions fight boredom and increase your productivity so doing two things at once helps the brain actually focus on the primary task but one of those things has to be mindless so that's why having a fidget something fidgety (laughs) like a i i like the smooth rock yes you've got like a ring thing i have i have
0: my this i think is a dog toy is it it's just a very dense rubber dog toy. I have that. And I have a smooth piece of wood. This is a smooth wood block is my yes. desktop digit. So right
1: I now. have a smooth stone that I, that I put in my hand and it helps me, uh, stay focused. And, uh, so whatever that is for people, but this is a mindless task, right? So I could be, uh, doing a podcast and still have this in my hand. And I'm, uh, you know, technically I'm doing two things at once, but one is pretty mindless. I had a group member in one of our group calls who always knit when she was on the call. And that was something that she could do, you know, as, as she was listening to the call. So we know that fidgets can be a great accommodation uh, for children, right? That's where we usually talk about it is is having some kind of fidget toy or something like that in class. Um, But it can't distract other people. So that's why that whole fidget spinner thing, that was just a stupid option (laughs) to be honest. Like, you know, because you know what happened is people without AD, without ADHD were taking those things and they were spinning them around and causing all kinds of chaos in the classroom. And the people that really did need a fidget all of a sudden now is downplayed that they really need a fidget. You know, so the yeah. whole thing, I I do not like the fidget spinner. So that's my own.
0: I uh, I actually, unfortunately, love the fidget <laughs> spinner for myself, but only only in my own, like when nobody else it's is around.
1: around. Right, Right? because
0: yeah. that is something that I can do with one hand and I can just spin it and it it's a, gives my hand a sense of balance. Uh, but as soon as anybody else is around, they're too distracted by me doing right. it. Right? They want it. They want to play with it. Oh, can I hold it? And I'm not into that. So I usually put it away. I do have a couple in my little drawer over here. The other thing, when I was living in korea uh I, I it was just an amazing experience the tricks that like digital dexterity that that korean college students had with their pens and so i did learn a couple of pen tricks that work perfectly with my Apple pencil because it's weighted just right. And so you can do all the flippy dippy do da tricks. And so my pen, which is silent, it doesn't have a click to it, I can just flip it around my fingers silently. And that's that is something that uh, that I use. I like that great uh, a lot.
1: It's great. So well, yeah. and one of the things that I saw in my research or that I read in my research was that it helps to be intentional with your fidget toy, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about like when and where you might get distracted, like what meetings are hard for you to to stay focused in. Um, if, if you're a student, what classes are the hardest? And so being, you know, just being more intentional about where and how you're using it. Uh, if you want to tell people or not, it's completely up to you. I think for children, you do have to have those conversations with teachers and help them understand why this is important and giving them the, giving them that education, right? Kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. We may think that the teacher knows and understands, but they may not. So we need to to educate them about what's what's working for our children. Um, if you're an adult, and you're in a meeting, I mean, again, I think it's up to you whether or not you want to say something, you know, why you have this rock in your hand, but I don't think you have to either. I mean, um, it's really, it, yeah. I it, you know, it, it really just depends, I think, on the situation.
0: We did get some uh, product recommendations. We did. Products.
1: Yes. And I we think did. having options is good, right? Because if you get yeah. bored with something, you can try something different.
0: Uh, the the Bic Atlantis pen. You ever heard I of this big Atlantis no. pen? I'm I'm not an Atlantis pen user. I'm a G two, a pilot G two user, uh, which is the gel refillable, but it has a, a kind of a loud click. So apparently the Atlantis pen is one that you can use and flip it around and do the flippy dippy thing with a quiet, a quieter click. Mm.
1: Very quiet. It's very apparently. streamlined. Yes. Yeah. Very,
0: yes. Very quiet. Place. Smooth rock. Uh, you had mentioned smooth rock was on the list. Mm-hmm. Doodling is definitely on the mm-hmm. list. And I, I really love the doodling. And I love, uh, I, I think, and this just came up again. So I, I found um, a, an incredible video from a student, is a medical student and how he uses his uh, iPad to do visual note-taking. And I was just watching it with my daughter last week. And then uh, Ellie in the chat room brings up uh, visual note-taking and sketch noting. and I've been a big fan of Mike Rode forever. The whole idea of taking your ideas and making them like visual notes with big block print or drawings to help illustrate concepts rather than the traditional outline. We've talked about this in our note taking before, but I think we need to do more of an in-depth kind of dive into what these tools allow you to do and to teach yourself to draw simple set of shapes that allow you to doodle more effectively, more satisfyingly, uh, because uh, doodling is a massive benefit for me. And I know a lot of people in the community, too. So Uh, that's one. I don't know what a pick apart cork is. What's a pick apart cork? Well,
1: this was actually an idea that came from one of my clients because she was picking at her fingernails all the time. So there is actually a word for it. And I don't even want to say it because I will just ruin the word because I don't pronounce things very well. But do you know what I'm talking about? It's like trick a comb trichotillomania that there you go that's what it's called um picking apart a cork if you you can actually go online and find a pick apart a cork like fidget toy and it just allows you to pick at the cork so instead of picking at your nails or your hands or whatever you're you know you're picking at the cork it's pretty clever really now the only thing is is you're going to have to clean up your mess so right. if you're at a meeting or something like that, you're going to have to like scoop it up. But it, it solves that or it, it uh, takes care of that uh, feeling or whatever emotion you know, you, that you're going for or that you're getting from picking your skin actually to the cork so you're not hurting yourself. It's a really interesting thing. I'm
0: looking at Therapy Shop right now for $2.49. You can get four brand new one and a half inch bottle stopper corks that you can dig your fingernails into and pick apart. That is, we talked about trichotillomania, which is uh, hair pulling. uh, uh, Dermatillomania is skin picking. If you have a skin uh, issue, this is uh, a great solution for that. But also with ADHD, for just having something for your fingers to do, it might make a mess. Absolutely. (laughs) It will make a mess, but. It yeah. is something that uh, that uh, you can struggle with. You can if do. you struggle with it, this is a great alternative. Um, picking anything uh, well, it gets a little bit gross, but uh, I, I definitely <laughs> I relate to that uh, and I'm a huge sticker person, like I put stickers all over everything, and so I like my laptop is covered in stickers, and I do all that mostly because I'm planning one day. To pick them off and replace them, like I really get a, a weird sense of creepy joy out of that. I, oh, I go through phases, funny. so
1: <laughs> to
0: pick apart core. None of may us are immune.
1: Perfect for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. That's right. So uh, there you go. Um, This was fun.
1: Well, and I just want to say there's a couple other things here. Happy Hands oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, is a great website. This was also recommended um, from somebody in discord therapy shop uh, will have those uh, websites on the show notes and then yep. this particular person liked the spiky magnetic balls was her favorite so there's lots of stuff out there and i would definitely take a look and and uh, see what interests you and vision I really away like, these.
0: like the the spiky magnetic balls and the and doodling and the smooth rock like i love just silent silent fidgets. That's, Mm -hmm. that's huge because my goodness, in our house, uh, noise signal is a real trigger. That's right. Uh, And it'll just puncture our home productivity. So uh, this is great. Great stuff. Thank (gasps) you everybody for contributing for all these great ideas and links and fun stuff and hard stuff. But mostly just thank you for being a member of this wonderful community we we would not could not do it without you all
1: so true i hope everybody has a good end of the year and that you have clear vision for 2020 for 2020 Yay! <laughs> i'm probably gonna say that every day next every year every
0: single no, i
1: won't i promise solitary day <laughs> No, it's been we'll, we'll great. Thank all you, see everyone. It coming, clearly. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. you'll see mm-hmm. it coming. Oh, it'll 2020 be, yes. vision. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs>
0: 2020 is going to be a great year.
1: It is. Thank you, that.
0: everybody, for your time and your attention. Uh, we deeply appreciate you on behalf of Nikki Kinzer and uh, myself. I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next year, right here on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast.